This podcast is produced by Audiofy. This is the story of us, and I'm Valerie. I'm Herson. This program is dedicated to helping couples unlock the power of their unique usness. Every couple is as unique as a person's fingerprint. We're here so that together we can further discover your usness. Let's start the show. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to our first program in 2020, the year of vision, focus, and clarity. And I need new glasses. (laughs) Number one, because they're falling off your face. (laughs) Yes. And number two, you can't see. I can't see. (laughs) I keep not wanting to progress um, the lenses, but I just keep getting older and something's happening to my eyes. It's just ironic that it's the year of vision and you can't see. I can't see. No, No, but my spiritual eyes are wide open. Oh, praise Uh. the Lord. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hey, we are, Valerie, tell people where we are today. Oh my God. We're at Forest Haven, my new home. (laughs) She doesn't want to leave this place, guys. Yes. This, uh, we, uh, my husband has had the pleasure of meeting many people throughout um, our ministry and um, I, I think it was through the Barnabas Ministries yeah. that he found Randy and Jill, mm-hmm. who have this beautiful home in Bradford. Is Bradford right? Bradford, New Hampshire. Bradford, New Hampshire, and they um, have invested into an in-law apartment so that there would be a place where pastors can come and rest and. Um, just have a time of relaxation, getting away, detaching from the hectic lives that many uh, ministers live. And you came here Twice. during tw- and during your sabbatical, and this is your second. Your this third is time. my third time here. The first time I came, uh, and it was it was a great great stay. Uh, I was here for five days. The first mm-hmm. time, I really really loved being out here. And uh, the second time I came was during my sabbatical and that was epic. And I mean epic. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> Tell them why. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had a bit of a... I love this story, by the a, way. A thunderstorm. Like was, it was actually some type of storm I heard uh, that knocked down trees and knocked off power. And so I was literally in the dark, no light. And the house is uh, set up on a well, so there was no water. <laughs> No water, no light. Uh, so it turns out it's exactly what I needed. I disconnected totally from everything and everyone, and I was able to just focus on me and God, and I was reading Scripture, reading the Bible by candlelight. <laughs> it was just uh, an amazing experience. We love it here at Forest Haven, and uh, <clears throat> this episode, actually this series, is brought to you by Forest Haven because we want to get the word out about that there is a place where pastors can go, and the Bible verse that they use is, come away and find rest. God calls you to come away with Him and find rest. And too many pastors are just going, 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 going. And even vacations, they're going, going, going. You need to get away with the Lord as a part of your ministry plan. And and uh, yeah, so I want you to go find them, foresthaven.com. 
Uh, Jill and Randy run this amazing place. It's beautiful. It's cozy. It's comfortable. It's quiet. And they are so sweet. Yeah. They're some of the sweetest people you'll ever meet. Now, you kept asking me to come. Right. But I can be a little bougie when it comes to... Lord Jesus, tell the truth. I, no, well, the thing is, I'm very particular. I have... My sense of smell. Tell them what your idea. Well, tell, me, tell them what your idea is of camping. My idea of camping is like in a five star hotel. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't camp, folks. No, I don't. I don't like camping. So when you kept saying New Hampshire and the woods, and then there's this. this we have a friend, a neighbor. It's this huge, very fat furry bear that's hibernating right <laughs> He's now. He's sleeping. He's harmless. But you hear about all these things. And I had in my mind uh, already preset that I wasn't going to enjoy it that much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I came with the mindset of, you know what, I'm just going to make it work, make it work. But from the minute that I step into this place, you can tell that it has been prepared perfectly. I mean, they... Uh, the decor is very peaceful. The um, they they provide everything that you need to be able to stay. But at the same time, there is a presence here of sure rest. Yeah. You can tell that this place has been prayed over, and um, Randy and Jill will like to meet with the guests at the beginning of the stay just to ask what to pray for. And while you're here, you sense the prayers. Um, being prayed on your behalf. And it's just been such great experience <laughs> that we were supposed to stay here till Thursday. And I yeah. keep just pushing it one more day, one more day. And um, we're actually staying the full week. We didn't think we were going to stay the full week, but every day I would add another day and be like, oh, come she on, loves honey, <laughs> the <laughs> church will survive without us just one more day. And as a matter of fact, the church will survive because we're resting, because we're connected, because we're closer to God and, and we're looking for the Lord. And it's just a great place. So I, I didn't mean to take six minutes of our show to talk about Forest Haven, but that's what happens when you're passionate about something, you share about it. And so Go visit uh, www.foresthaven.com. And uh, let me tell you something. They will make it. It's free for pastors. Yes. That's It's absolutely free. Obviously, you give a donation, but but it's absolutely free for pastors. So money's not an issue. If you can get to New Hampshire, if you can get here, you know, it, it, it's just a wonderful place. So right, we'll be right back after this message from our daughter, Melody. Hi, this is Melody, and you are listening to my parents on the story of us. My mom and dad have opened up time in their 2020 calendar to bring the story of us to an event near you. If you would like to book them for a marriage conference, couples retreat, or a Sunday service, you can submit your request via email at hersonandvalerie at gmail.com or send us a message on our Facebook page using the handle at hersonandvalerie. Back to you, mom and dad. Isn't she just the cutest? She's the best. That's I, my baby. We are so very, very proud She's of wonderful. our daughter, Melody. And yeah, uh, if we're going on the road, babe. So um, uh, looking for folks that might want to hear us and see us live and in person. Yes. And remember, I'm a little bougie. So, <laughs> <laughs> As a matter of fact, our first uh, outing this year is February 9th. Yes. We're going to be taking the story of us 
to Springfield, Massachusetts, to our Restoration Worship Center. And we'll be there um, uh, speaking specifically on um, the the power of the unique usness. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, Today, um, Valerie and I have taken a book that we uh, credit uh, outside of God, the Holy Spirit, our family, important people. This book um, called His Needs, Her Needs. Babe, can you look up the author's name? I can't think of his name. I'm on it. I want to I want to give him credit for this because this book is just phenomenal. When Valerie and I were going, um, it was uh, well after the infidelity that we had early in our marriage. Uh, we were struggling a few years in still to really reconnect and to do what God uh, we felt God was calling us to do, but it was really hard. So, um, so we we stumbled upon this book by Willard F. Hartley. Yes, and um, this book came at the perfect time, at the right place, and and since it saved our marriage, and we really, it, it, we're not kidding when we say that, um, we've used it uh, as a jump-off point, a starting point to minister to people. Uh, that find themselves in similar uh, situations as we were in. And so we, we have um, adapted, <clears throat> adapted some of the uh, uh, material in the book yeah. and kind of made it our own, but we have to credit uh, Willard who? Willard F. Harley. This book is over 20 years old, but that's what happens when you find principles that are biblically founded, they transcend time and they still work. They're just as effective as when we first found them with the people then, the couples that we minister to today. And while all of the information is not from that book, uh, we have to credit it because it is the source material mm-hmm. that has spawned and helped us discover a lot of things about ourselves and our relationship Um and we're really grateful uh, uh, for it. So uh, we're going to start off today by um, talking about the needs, making a case for understanding what the needs are. Um, when it comes to physical needs, I think it's pretty basic. Everybody understands that you have to sleep. That's a physical need that you can't you can't get rid of that. At the end of the day, your body's going to shut down. You're going to fall asleep. You're going to, it might be driving. It might be, (laughs) you're going to, your body needs to sleep. That's a need, right? Air in your lungs. You can hold your breath. You can go underwater. But at the end of the day, your, your, your life-saving mechanism is going to make you go up to the surface, get air. You're going to want to breathe because that's a need. You need that to be alive. Uh, Food. Your favorite. My favorite need, probably, is food, which is not in the emotional needs, but it's certainly a physical need. Um, you know, when you're hungry, you can go to the fridge and you look at in the fridge and there's stuff there and you go, eh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then a, an hour later, you can go back and you go, huh, I could eat that, but you don't eat it. Two hours later, you go back and you go, oh, that looks so good. The same thing. Nothing's changed in the fridge. It's the same exact fridge, but your hunger has changed because that's how needs work. (laughs) You know, the more you are in need of it, the more hungry you get and the more you look to satiate, to satisfy that need. What if we told you that your emotional needs are as animalistic as your natural needs? 
for some people that uh, might sound like something absurd, but it really is. When you look at your emotional needs and when you have a sense of uh, a desperation within within those needs, that's when you um, start making decisions on how to feed and where to draw from. Sometimes you draw out of places out of desperation yep. because you absolutely need it. So today we're going to try to make the case for the needs and, and, and hopefully you'll understand and see the value in this. Maybe some of you have read the books and you might be able to comment and help us teach this in the comment section of wherever you're listening to this podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Um, here's the thing. Uh, needs and having needs met make us feel the sense of love. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not big animal people, but I know people that love their dogs and their pets and their cats. And and the truth is, you know, um, they feel a sense of love that their animals love them back. And, and I would not refute that. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to get into trouble and say that it's not true. Uh, what I do know is the reason why your dog loves you the way he does or she does is because you meet every important need in that dog's life. We were talking to a couple not too long ago. Guy has three dogs. um, And she said, you know, the dogs tolerate me, but they love him. Mm -hmm. And I asked, well, what's the difference? And he goes, well, I feed them. I go, I take them for walks. I I pet them. I I play with them. Mm -hmm. I run with them. It's not that they tolerate her and love him. They see him as their source of life. He makes their life good. Yep. He feeds them. He takes care of them. Basically, he meets their needs. Yeah, I can, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking that as human beings, we would feel better about each other if we get pet a little bit more. <laughs> if we're taken for walks. Feed if, me, Seymour. If, if you just feed me <laughs> without me even have to ask, ask for it, you know, like they're just, they're, common needs that we all have. I think it's embedded in each and every one of us. And and the person that satisfies those needs the most, you just get that sense that they really care. Why do we why do why do NFL players who win the big game and when they get on camera, why is it they say, Hi mom? Oh yeah. Because even though dad loves them, yeah. Mom cares for them. Yes. Mom meets the need. It's not that they love mom more. Certainly not. Of course they don't. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's that it's that that feeling of love is 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 accentuated because of the person is cooking your clothes, nurturing. doing your laundry, nurturing, you know, rubbing your belly when you're feeling sick. I am should I, do we say how old we are? Does it matter? You, you, I, I, I would never say how old you are on air. Okay. I, I'm 48 years old. Lies. You're 49. Oh no, I'm 49. Uh, you're 49. <laughs> I'm 48. See how quick I blasted her? I'm 48 years old and I'll go visit my mom and mm-hmm. every once in a while she'll still rub my belly and it's the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> I remember thinking, you know what? I'm too old for this. And then nah. she would touch me and I would melt like butter. You're and I'm like, no, I'm old. not. <laughs> now, here's the thing. So I think we understand this concept. People who meet our needs, we love. What happens in marriage, what happens in relationships, 
after a time, because there's no handbook in, in relationships and people don't learn these best practice behaviors. Um, and because we are not good at communicating what is actually a need. We can we can tell people what we want pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I think I think people are pretty good about put, making demands. Mm-hmm. And this is very different than making demands. Uh, when you share with someone what your need is, mm-hmm. you're actually empowering them and teaching them how to make you love them. Yes. By adding that fear, that feeling. Now, what happens in most relationships is that over the time, the needs are not met and we get selfish and we start to meet our own needs. Yeah. That, that's one of the worst things about pornography that you're meeting your own need rather than letting your spouse meet your need for sex. And when you start becoming selfish like that, then you start living as an individual. And um, anything interpreted from your um, husband or your wife, it, it it's all out of resentment because you're no longer being allowed to be a part of the whole. Right. And may, and maybe it's because you never learned or maybe because it was never expressed or maybe you've gotten so hurt or jaded that you don't want to. Well, he's not doing it for me. Why would I do it for him? And 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 whatever the reason, it's a reality. Yeah. And when that reality is in place, um, the only thing that is going to make a change is making a difference, bringing clarification to the needs and just making different choices on how you're going to approach each need. Let's put them in the room, Val. We're going to go to a room. Let's Would go you? to your room. We're going to put you in a room. So let's imagine I sit you in a beautiful, plush, comfortable chair. In Bradford, New Hampshire. <laughs> and uh, I flash a color, the color's blue, and immediately... When the blue flash goes on, the color in the wall, you get a massage. I love massages. Yeah, we had to go to Concord for that. Um, you start getting this easy massage. Oh, it's nice. And all of a sudden, you hear the ocean waves or peaceful sounds, whatever's peaceful to you. And, you and, and all of a sudden, you relax. After a while, 10, 15 times of that happening, you're going to, all I will have to do is flash the color blue, and you're going to go, Ah, yeah. Even without the sensation, even without feeling the chair go on or hearing and the, the music, it just turns on. We call this emotional memory. This is what happens at beginning in the beginning of relationships. We have all these blue encounters when you starting to get to know somebody. It's Everything all the firsts. Big. It's all a big, huge blue sky <laughs> at the beginning of the relationship. Right in the book. Um, uh, his needs, her needs, they talk about making uh, deposits into the love bank. And so in the beginning, it's mostly deposits. Mm-hmm. It's, it's. I love the way you make me feel. I love the sound of, uh, sound of your voice. We went on our first date. We held hands. You're just filthy rich with blue experiences. That's right. So everything, And so this feeling of love, because you're, you're having some really important needs met, you're feeling all this stuff and you're going, oh my goodness, I love this. This is great. I want more of this. And this is this is great. And even if you see uh, uh, something negative or have a negative encounter, maybe you have your first fight in the first month, two months. There's so much blue. There's so much um, deposits that a small withdrawal 
means nothing. It's not a big deal. Not a big deal. No, we can move on. We, it's it's not a deal breaker, you know. And and so that so now let's go back to the room. And uh, same chair, same room. This time I'm going to flash the color yellow, but instead of a massage, you're going to get a short little electric shock enough to make you uncomfortable. You're mm-hmm. like, mm, I don't like that. Nope, I don't like that. And now, now you hear the sound of someone scratching a chalkboard or oh, or a high pitch electric shock sound. It's just annoying, annoying. It's going to take less times, maybe five times. For that to happen, and who would allow that to happen five times? But in in the scenario, <laughs> let's say you go back in the chair. That happens five times. All I have to do, maybe four or five times, and then I show you the yellow, and you're gonna go ah, you're gonna go ah, you're mm-hmm. gonna jerk back and go no, because that yellow is an emotional memory of this hurts. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. This is not good. This is what we call the negative experiences or the emotional withdrawals. In and the, it takes the love bank. It takes a lot less time for that to happen. Right. And so what happens in the beginning of relationships is you store up all this good feeling love. Over the years, things happen. And and you know, we it be it could be for a myriad of reasons. And it and, and it's not it doesn't all have to be infidelity. It doesn't have to be yeah. that there was a major betrayal. Sometimes it's a child that's born and the dynamic in the relationship changes. Her focus goes to the child and his focus goes to the child and the focus isn't on each other anymore. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, um, you, because you're no longer investing the blue, the yellows are far more frequent and and once they start to level off and once you've stopped making enough love deposits mm-hmm. to cover the withdrawals, that's when the feeling of love fades. And even those minute things that um, weren't that big of a deal. I've heard, um, we've had people in our office that um, now want to get divorced for a reason that was present even from the very beginning of the relationship. That's right. So it's not that the offense itself, but is the fact that they don't no longer have enough love to be able to sustain that yep. offense. Yep. And it's a very real place. Valerie and I, one of the most hurtful things, and Valerie's very careful with her words, unless she's mad, you know, and she wants to hurt me. Because when you're fighting, you know. You want to be mean. <laughs> But one of the toughest things I ever heard from her, and I don't think she meant it to be mean. I might have. <laughs> when I remind you, you, you'll tell me off the air. Um, one of the toughest things she said to me is, I don't love you anymore. And that yeah. to me was, I think it was matter of fact. She wasn't trying to hurt me. I had blown all of the good feelings. I stopped trying to make her feel good. I was very yeah. selfish in, uh, in her marriage in the beginning. And it was all yellow experiences, a lot, mostly yellow experiences. Yeah, it was, I don't think, it was just a realization. It's just, I came to a place where I just realized, wait a minute, I, I just, I don't love The you. feeling's gone. Like, it's not in me. Because I think we can fall into a default of just assuming we love the person because we're used to being with the person. Right. And it's what we know as normal. But when I examined exactly how I feel, I realized I don't have that feeling of love anymore, mm-hmm. um, which makes you start questioning why you stay and is this worth fighting for? And we we got to a point where I was, I you know, we were at the lawyer's office, you know, getting yeah. ready. I remember, the, you know, for, I remember the papers on the, on the table. Yeah, just, just ready 
to end it because um, now I've come to this realization that I don't love you and I don't have a plan. I don't have a way out of this. It just seems like this is the end. And that reality set in for me, um, um, although it was really hard for me to believe that Anyone couldn't love me. <laughs> I know. I mean, and actually, I think even... Unbelievable. Yes. I think one of the other things that really impacted you was that throughout me explaining to you that I have lost the feeling of love, you kept emphasizing how much you loved me. Yeah. And I finally made a request, stop loving me. Stop loving me. Your love hurts. Because your love just hurt. Yeah. Like if that was love... I don't, I just, I don't want it. I knew that there was something real out there, but I knew what we had. It wasn't what love really is. And, and we were very aware that God called us to be together. We Mm -hmm. had that, we had that knowledge and we knew. And one of the things that probably saved me at that time was walking, walking away from me meant walking away from the will of God for her. Mm -hmm. And that kind of held her. And I want to be very careful about how I say that because someone might hear that and say, oh, I have to stay. Not true. Not true. Um, We were very, very sure that this was a God thing for us. Um, But there was no physical abuse. There was no, we we were verbally abusive to each other. um, But, but, you know, it wasn't unsafe. So I just want to add that this little caveat. Um, You know, God's will might be for people to be together, but, but then we have to put people's will into into perspective. And if I don't fight for it, and if I don't treat her right, uh, I, in my, in my understanding of the word, I defile the marriage bed. I, I am unfaithful. I don't, I'm not true to my, my vow to love, protect, honor. You know, those things are the grounds for biblical divorce. And um, so while Valerie and I are very against divorce, we hate divorce. We don't um, counsel to divorce. Or we always believe even when there's no love, because because we found that we you can come back from that. Yes. Well, actually, I remember um, having that internal struggle where I felt that the love was completely gone. But at the same time, when I would go before the Lord, he would tell me to stay. And um, part of me was frustrated and angry at the request, because why would you make me stay? in a loveless marriage. And that's where I started realizing, you know, when we look at the love bank, we're going to be giving each other the information to be able to deposit into each other's bank. Mm -hmm. But the best, greatest deposits are the ones that God makes. He is love. And I remember the moment that I was like, and and it wasn't, it, it wasn't in even pretty words. I re- I remember just almost having a standoff with the Lord and saying, okay, I hear you. You want me to stay. I'll stay. But my demand is don't let me stay without love. If you want me to stay, I need deposits. I had not read this book. I didn't know about the love deposits or anything like that. But I remember asking for a deposit. If your love, I need you to deposit it into my heart because I can't. I came to the conclusion that um, my husband was not a good man at that time. <laughs> oh, wait he a minute. just was not. I was, not, I was a great friend. I was a great friend. I was a great 
yeah. band member. I was a great, and, and here's the weird thing. I was a good minister, yeah. but I was not a good, I, I was, was not, not a, a good husband. No, I was a good, very bad husband. And I was going to need, and, and, and with God, you have the ability to um, have faith. So you can see someone as they are and know that they have, um, they have the opportunity to change, but you need the strength of God and the love of God to be able to get to that place. There's so much more that we want to talk to you about. There's so much more we want to share. But for right now, uh, we want you to believe. If you're in a tough place right now, maybe you're not even married. We want to teach you these important um, principles so that you can build a life that is not just a fair proof, but a life that you can enjoy, a life that you can, you should be happy in your marriage. And if you're sitting here listening to me right now and you're not happy in your marriage, it doesn't mean find a new wife or find a new yeah. husband. It, fi- it means find a way to get back that feeling of love. And over the next 10 or so episodes, we're going to go need by need. We're going to go and show you what are the emotional needs. And at the end, you'll be able to make a list for your spouse and say, these are my top emotional needs. And you start to work on meeting each other's emotional needs. I have to say that we are already on our 22nd year. That's right. And um, we've been together almost 30 years. It's been about 28 years that we've been together. Right. And um, I love my husband now more than I ever have. I am truly, we might not have everything that we've ever wanted, but when it comes to our relationship and the way that we love one another, I couldn't have asked for more. I am so happy in my marriage. And um, and that's always the encouragement that I have when I approach someone in need, knowing that what I have now, I couldn't have imagined back then. But when you follow the principles and you allow God's love to make deposits into your own hearts, first dealing with you, um, you're going to find that nothing is impossible with him. So don't give up. Do not give up. There's hope. And uh, we want to pray with you and we'll let you go. Father, we thank you for our time together uh, on the story of us. Uh, This brand new year uh, brings with it a great vision. Lord God, and I'm praying that our listeners would uh, be able to focus and find clarity for their lives and their marriages and all that you want to do in their uh, lives. Father, we hand this over to you and we say, Lord, give us the strength, give us the knowledge, give us the desire to work through our biggest, greatest struggles so that we can find in this year uh, great happiness and joy in the life that we have chosen. Father, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Amen. Well, it was a pleasure being with all of you today. Please spread the word about the story of us. We want to be able to impact as many lives as possible. Please like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.